My name is Brandon Wade, but you can call me Mr. Brandon Wade. You can call me B2. You can call me B squared. You can call me B Wade. But I got two rules for you if you're going to call me anything. Speak life and keep it real. If you do that, you're good in my book. Welcome to Pay It Forward. Whether this is a short episode or a long episode, I give you the greatest commodity that I have. Myself, who I am, who I'm learning to be, and who I've been. I give you my experiences. I give you my heart. I give you the parts of myself that even I don't necessarily want people to know. So if you're going to show up here, my only request to you is this. If you're blessed by anything that you hear from me, pay it forward to somebody else and speak life into the people that you're around. So let's check out what the show's about today. Ain't no clouds. Gonna make it Yo, who else hates having needs? I know y'all ain't around to answer me or nothing like that. This ain't a live show yet, but you know, that's going to be coming soon itself. Listen, who else hates having needs? I'm, I'm just coming out the block, out the gate. We just coming right into it. Who else hates having needs? After this last week or so, I have determined that right now in my life, that is an area in which I squarely fall into the confident category of I do not like having needs. I don't like how it feels to acknowledge to myself that I have something that is a necessity in my life. I don't like how it feels to feel like I'm connecting with something that if I don't get it met, it is still going to be there. I don't even like admitting that level of vulnerability to myself. It is still true. I have needs. And I'm not talking about just the basic needs that come with being living in this world that we that we are blessed to live in for the period of time that we're in. The need for food, the need for shelter, you know, the need for um, the need for physical safety. You know, there those those needs, you know, some of them are even on if anyone knows about them, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, the, the, the needs, the basic things that come with the desire to survive. Who has needs that they don't want to admit that they have? I'm raising my hand for the people who can't see. My hand big raised. I don't like that feeling. And over this last week or so, that's been a very difficult thing for me to acknowledge. Is that I have them. They are real. They exist. And I need them. I have needs and, um, you know, when you're thinking about survival, when I'm thinking about survival, there's, there's no room for a need other than the literal need that you have to drink water and to have food and sustenance to fuel you. But when food and water are provided, when shelter is provided and guaranteed, when those needs are met, the desires become different and greater. I start to to focus in on things that I never really personally cared about because I didn't have energy or time to care about it. I have a need for emotional safety. It wasn't something that I understood very much and it wasn't something that I felt I got a lot of. But having experienced a little bit recently what that actually feels like, for me, it's like getting a taste of a food that you got 
a long time ago, a long, long time ago. Like, I don't know if anyone else has experienced this, but this happened to me. I um used to go to a community college, uh, Pasadena City College. I used to go to there and they had this um they had this crumb crumb donut up there. And I love donuts. Uh, I had this cr- they had this crumb donut up there. I've had many different types of crumb donuts and stuff like that, but the way that they make it up there in the food kitchen. I've never had a donut taste like that. I don't know why at out of all places, the PCC kitchen makes it that well or that particular. But I can still remember those donuts and I ain't even been up or around that place in years. And it's almost like if someone keeps handing you donuts and they're like, nah, bro, I promise it's the same. But see me, I'm real particular. And I think it, it, a lot of it comes from the fact that I'm a late discovery of uh, I'm a lately late self-diagnosed um, person on the autistic spectrum. And we tend to be people that lean towards uh, very particulars. Now, for me, it shows in a lot of different ways. Like I'm the type of person, which is an actual fact about me. If it's an artist or something that I know like a Michael Jackson or a Sade or something like that, like an artist that I know, a music artist. I can absolutely tell you the difference between their live performances, even just by hearing the first note. I can I can hear the first two notes of a song and know exactly what performance it is. And if someone were to come and say, no, nah, it's the same track, I will literally be like, there is something off about this. I can have two of the exact same songs and they could be pitched differently and I'll hear it immediately and be like, there's something wrong about this. It can literally, I can tell the difference between lossless audio and regular loss audio whenever I listen to a song. And for all the tech people, they're going to be like, dang, that's crazy. But for all the non-tech people, they're going to be like, I don't know what you're talking about right now. I am a very particular person when it comes to certain things. Someone could hand me 15 to 20 to 25 different crumb donuts and have a donut like that that came from PCC. And if I ate it right then, I'd be like, that came from PCC. I would know it immediately. There has always been safety in the things that I can connect with. Safety in the things that regardless of what changed, remain the same. I'll give you an example. I went to 7-Eleven yesterday. And um, I got uh, 7-Eleven has a, a set of gummy worms that they always get. I took one, I I took them and I tasted them and I was like, they changed the formula. I immediately recognized, I said, they changed the formula. I said, they don't taste the same. And I was like, I don't even think I can eat these anymore. Someone else would be like, bro, it's the same thing. I said, no, they changed the formula. I changed, I tasted, immediately knew the difference. My needs have always been more intense and a little bit more particular than maybe someone else's. But the hard part has been acknowledging that that doesn't make them any less valid. It just makes them particular. I have always had a particular need for emotional safety and a specific kind. There's a way that it makes me feel in my stomach when I know that I am safe in an environment around people. When I know that I am safe in an environment around by myself. I know there's a pit, there's a feeling that I feel in my stomach. And I just know it. And no matter what someone tells me, I know it to be real when it happens. I feel that maybe I know it because there were only a few times in my life that I ever felt that way sometimes around my dad. Sometimes I did. Sometimes I didn't, but it was a roulette wheel when that would happen. 
I'm thinking a lot about my dad because this is the anniversary week in which he died. So there's also that grief that's coming up. So I've been trying to learn how, what does it mean to have self-regulation, take care of my own needs and show up for myself? And then what does it mean to have co-regulation, which is showing up for having people that are able to meet you and show up for your needs? I don't think I was ever able to admit that I actually had needs until after my dad died. Um, as I actually kind of started to think about it, I was like, I'm pretty sure my dad was on the spectrum too. He just wouldn't have been diagnosed because in the fifties, they'd just be like, Oh, you on the short bus? Like that was not. And in the nineties, they would have said that too. So wasn't nobody really getting any diagnosis or accurate diagnosis for that stuff back then. But my dad would have probably taken it more of an insult. Like you saying, I don't provide for you boy. And I'm like, dad, that's not really what I'm talking about, but the need for emotional safety physical safety the need for to know that when you are in someone's presence that there is safety there for me that has always been serious and then i've also had my share of traumatic things i've seen which many of us have a lot of things that imprinted heavily on my mind as a kid um i I only recently have been able to start acknowledging that some of those things that I always squarely put in the kind, uh, I don't know the right word, uh, category of wants are actually needs. They're actually things that I actually need to function. Sure, just like water and food, you can go without them for a period of time. Jesus went without food 40 days. But there is a limit to how far you can go without them. Some people's needs that are a little bit less detrimental to your physical body. Yeah, sure. You can go without them for quite a while. I went without the need for emotional security and safety for a very long time. And I just dis disguised it with blinding rage and anger. But now that the anger is starting to fade and now that the forgiveness is starting to come through and the healing is starting to come through, I find myself faced again with needs. Scary thing about needs is that you don't really know that when you tell people if they're going to meet them or if they're going to be able to meet them. Scary, your part is feeling like I have to earn them in order to get them met. Because once you realize you have one, at least for me, I start thinking, what do I need to do in order for these people to say, you're someone who I can meet this need. And what performance thing do I need to trade in order for this to happen? And I, I, I ironically, it's like I've been trying to convince the people around me and in my life. I'm like, hey, you don't need to do anything for me to want to show up for you. And ironically, it's something I don't really believe about myself that much. What if I did absolutely nothing? Like, what if I just was this person? What if I wasn't? eloquent what if i didn't know what to say there's still the part of me that's still scared you know the five-year-old that always missed the cues and always missed the marks five-year-old still in there but five-year-old wants to be loved too i think maybe in the times i've tried to convince people that sometimes people pick up on like yeah but like you still kind of want 
to show up like you still kind of want to earn this and there is always been a part of me that is like i want to be able to say i earned this connection i earned this friendship if you won't give it to me i will take it and you want to know what it always kind of leads to fear there's always this feeling of fear of like if you take something the same thing you take is the same thing that you're always scared you'll lose So I'm trying to open myself, I'm opening myself to the what if concept. What if by showing up, I can get my needs actually met? Like what if I have them? Because what if I have them and what if I can show up for that? Because if if I can and I can be showed up for, then that means I can show up for others. thing about me is my needs are very particular so even someone bringing me something that they're telling me is the same thing i will know immediately i'm a pretty good sensor of when people are not showing up as themselves because one i've done that most of my life and two i had a lot of people that have done it themselves so when people don't show up as themselves i recognize one of my needs is authenticity i need people in this time in my life to be authentic i need them to be themselves whatever the flip that looks like actually being themselves I need people to show up confidently without a sense of obligation. I need people to show up as who they are. And if that's how they feel, I need them to show up as that too. I don't just need people that have abundance to give in that way. I need people that are willing to show up with what abundance they have. I'm done with people showing up for roles, showing up in like roles. And the first person I feel like I'm done with doing that is me. <sighs> Scary thing about a need is that once you start expressing them, someone could genuinely show up for you and it could give you that one feeling, or at least for me, it gives me that one feeling where they do and you know that they have absolutely showed up for you or they could show up for you and only be able to give part of it or they could show up and, 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 and decide that that's not something that they are able to do. I've had both happen within the last week. The scary part about acknowledging this is not as not a need or not a want, but a need is that If it's a want and it doesn't happen, you can kind of put it in a category of, well, it's just not meant to happen right now. There's no emotional, there's no actual attachment to it. But to acknowledge to myself that this is a need means that I still need to get this need met, whether the person or myself is able to show up and meet this need or not. The need still needs to get met. And that is terrifying to me. But one thing that's more terrifying than that, even recently for me, it is living a life where I am not showing up as the person that I am at this moment. Who I am tomorrow is going to be different than the person I am today. But it is irrelevant because I'm not in tomorrow. There's even a quote in the Bible that says, that says, um, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. And it says sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. It's not necessarily talking about evil per se, but it's talking about the challenges, problems, things you confront, things you experience, the blessings in life. You notice that even if even if every day is similar, every day is different. Even if you have the same temperature each day, same people that wake up each day, each person is going to have new experiences because that is the cycle of life. Life always moves forward. 
it will always move forward. So sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. And basically what that means is that life is going to always command and demand a level of change. And that there's no reason to worry about who you are today because who you are today and who you are tomorrow are always going to be very different. And so it's not my responsibility to worry about who I am today, but it is my responsibility to show up as that person today. And that is one of the scariest things to do in this world. And one of the most necessary things that is important for me to do in this world is to show up as myself. That's a person that has needs. I mean, no one wants to be called in this world needy. No one wants to be called in this world too much. No one wants to be called in this world clingy. No one wants to be called in this world longing. No one wants to be called these ugly and vulnerable and not pleasant looking and pleasant sound. We all want to be called positive, powerful influences, connected, all these things that matter in the ego sense, but don't matter in the long run. All these things that don't even matter. Because ego don't help you at the end of the day when you're by yourself alone in your room or alone in your apartment or alone in your house. Ego doesn't mean anything. All these ego things, people looking at you and saying, you're powerful, you're capable, because I've already experienced that. Even at a smaller scale, I've experienced that in life and have gone and been in my room crying, alone, sad, ashamed. Because I was not able to show up as myself. And that's the most powerful and influential and impactful person of all is me as me, where I am, who I am, and open to growth. It has cost me more than I thought it would to admit that I have needs. It's caused me even more to present those needs. Authenticity for the people in my life to all be authentic. For the people in my life to all be transparent. For the people in my life to all be accountable. For the people in my life to all show up as who they are. Because it's had to be me acknowledging to myself, Brandon, you haven't showed up as who you are all the time. I thank God for everybody who's like me. And maybe you're not like me. Maybe you're entirely different. Maybe you've spent your whole life showing up as yourself. Maybe you don't feel that you have any needs or all of your needs are met. Maybe you are the exact opposite of me. But I thank God for y'all anyway. For everybody who's listened and has connected. And for everybody who struggled to connect. You know, last interview I did, um, I did it with uh, my brother DK uh, for the Real Prayer Movement. And um, somebody had asked me about that interview at first. And I, I, I really was like, they were like, well, how did you feel about it? And I said, well, I feel like it was a good interview. I mean, Daniel really showed up and did his thing. I said, but I don't. 
I don't know how I looked at my, how I felt. And, and the reality was, I said, I don't, I don't think I feel very good about it. And I was like, and, and the issue wasn't with him. It was with me is I didn't, I didn't really feel like I liked how I was showing up. I, I felt like I was operating on an agenda to get certain things said. And then the reality was, was that I was actually just showing up in that interview and there was less polish. There was less pizzazz because I know how to do all that stuff. I did this as a radio show, you know, to polish and pizzazz it and make it look the right way and all that stuff like that. And you know something, people don't connect with that. And even before people connecting with that, if I don't connect with it, what's the point? The point is, is that after I looked at it later on, I was like, this actually really is a good interview. And it's an interview because this was the first interview that I feel like really, really, really challenged me to show up as me. Can't really say that I, I liked it. I liked that feeling very much, but it did. And I'm grateful for it. So I'm I'm not only speaking, but I'm challenging everybody on the line to do what I'm doing, man. Um, if you have needs, the one thing I want to pass along to you right now, and even if you like me, who is like, yo, bro, I don't I don't like this feeling. I want to pass this along to you. The first step is not trying to do anything about those needs. It's at least for me, what worked was writing down what they are and just seeing them for myself. What needs do I have? What are they? What things can I absolutely not live without? Boy, that's a terrifying thing to say. But even the state of acknowledging that for yourself is is courage. And it's courage in a way that no one can put a finger on. No one can take away from me. No one can take away from you. So I would just say to take that first step. And if you happen to be a Christian or you just want encouragement, I can say this scripture that Paul promised that God would supply our needs according to his riches and glory from Christ Jesus. It's a statement of God's faithfulness to man. So what does that mean? Hard for God to supply a need we won't say is a need. And that's at least the way I'm thinking about it right now. Same scripture, different person, you know. But whether you believe in that stuff or not, I still think that it's important for anybody that's there to be transparent about what your needs are. Because in a world that doesn't know how to keep it real, that's probably the realest thing you can do. I thank you for every person that's on this call, God, and just anybody that's just listening right now, I say call. I mean, for any person that's listening on this page, so you, you know, I'd be on. I, that means that I, I do a lot of Zoom calls. So see, that's how you know. Like, I'm always talking about on the call. I'd be saying that on the call. People be calling me talking about, are you talking about you on the call? I was like, oh, it's my fault. Um, But real talk, man, I just I just thank God for any person that's on here, that any person that's struggling with their own needs, any person that's struggling to admit what they are, any person that's just struggling with personal things that they can't say. God, that any, just because they're listening, God, you'll bless them that you'll bring people that'll know how to show up for them and that you're a good God because you said that you, you know what people need even before you ask. So I just thank you for these things in Jesus name. Amen.
Y'all know I'm always out here, man. I appreciate you guys. Um, I am still doing interview segments, man. I told you that we were going to be rolling, and now we are. Um, I got a couple of more people that I have thinking that I'm already thinking about doing some segments with. Um, I'm kind of just letting the the spirit of God guide me on who to interview. I really don't care who it is. I'm just I'm looking for people that are inspiring to me, uh, that I believe can genuinely add something and that have a story to tell. So we'll see who's going to be coming next. Um, I don't really care too much about the size of somebody's following. I care about the impact they make it on the world and how authentically they show up. So I got real love for y'all. Thank you guys for always being there for always listening. No matter who is listening. I thank y'all for who you are. And, um, I love y'all, man. Peace. Thanks for being the people you are. And if it really blesses you, I want you to pay it forward and go bless somebody else. All right. Peace. Peace.